You're listening to Unjiggered, a bartender podcast where we interview highly successful bartenders about their careers, lives, and the passion of bartending. This week, we're talking to Hidesugu Ueno about his start with coffee, his travels, and of course, his famous ice carving. With this podcast, we want to peel back the mask and discover just how the greats really became the greats. So sit back and enjoy. My name is Hidetsugu Ueno. I have my own bar in Ginza, Tokyo. It's called the Bar Hi-Fi. So I could say I'm bar owner, uh, also doing bartender. I call myself sometimes a psychologist without license. You know, the customer comes and we can tell the face, happy, unhappy, angry, and we talk about the, what's wrong with you, the, how do you know, the, oh, your, your face it tells. And, uh, but basically, I travel around countries and countries uh, by request. Um, otherwise, I back in my bar and walking behind the bar. Thank you so much for finding the time. Uh, I'm sure you've been very busy. I'm sure everyone who follows you on social media can see that you travel quite a lot. And then you occasionally have your uh, plane delay to deal with, <laughs> which you're not a big fan of. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so tell us, one thing that uh, we find very curious, as uh, most of our followers are based in uh, Europe, is uh, we, we see Japanese bartending with a bit of a fascination. And we would like to know how everything started from your side and how did you perceive it? Right, so, right. What um, did you study, for instance? Um, I just turned to 51 years old a couple of days ago. Happy birthday. Uh, thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> Around my age, I believe no one wants to become a bartender. It's not an ideal job. It's long hours, many days, less salaries, less entrance. So... Uh, I'm one of them as well. I never want to become a bartender. I I love coffee. Coffee? Mm. So I wanted to have my own coffee shop when I was young. Okay. Mm. But, uh, you know, the Japanese people reading books and nowadays like a smartphone, um, hours and hours and hours with one cup of coffee. So I thought it's a bit difficult to make a life, you know? The maybe five dollar coffee and spending two hours and three hours like ah maybe difficult. So I was thinking how I can make my coffee shop success. Ah, maybe I should serve alcohol. Uh, after high school, I learned uh, how to uh, brew coffee. Brew a coffee, mm-hmm. um, old school style, in the dripping, uh-huh. in the siphon. It's mm-hmm. not like a balista type, but. Uh, it's a traditional Japanese style. Mm-hmm. So I had experience uh, as a coffee brewer, but I don't drink alcohol much at all. I'm very super weak for alcohol. Okay. So, mm, so I've never been in bar or any alcohol business. I didn't know. Okay. Uh, so uh, after university, I went to uh, bartender school for one month to learn the basic. And I didn't know how to get a job. So I went, I asked them to introduce some work. And then I start uh, work as a bartender. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what was this? Like which country? Were you still in Japan at this stage? Yes, yes. Uh, okay. um, I graduated university in Tokyo. Okay. So, um, so I was still living in Tokyo. Um, my teacher sent me a one and only the highest in the society is called a Ginza in town. Okay. Mm. Congratulations. I first 
working in the bottle service bar. Okay. Mm. Uh, it's not like a cocktail bar or anything, but uh, it was very interesting how to treat the customers. And it's a longer history place. So uh, uh, seven years, eight years, still new things happening, new customer coming. It was very interesting for me. So I was working as a server or something like ah, this. Ah, server, okay. Mm. So you weren't making drinks? Uh, by request, uh, I did. But they they buy a bottle of whiskey. Ah, it was mostly uh, like a like bottle service. Mm. It's a popular thing in Japan, is it? It's a, it's a one of the like a business drinking culture. Mm. Uh, whiskey drinking highball or whiskey water called the Mizuari or something like this. The more uh, enjoying chatting. Uh, okay. Conversations and stuff. And I learned quite a lot of uh, things to, you know, there's a ten, example, there's a 10 seat. There's a president, chairman, doctors, high class people mm-hmm. is drinking in front of me. And if I walk in the company, I only see one president. But if I walk in the bar, I could see 20, 30 high class the president and i could hear their thoughts and philosophies and uh, it was very interesting job so you enjoyed more the human aspect of it rather than making drinks exactly okay i started as uh, the kind of job but uh, that wasn't exactly what i wanted to do mm-hmm. mm, so in about uh, 10 years later there's a very famous bartender called mr kishi now he owns the bar called uh, one and only bar called the star bar in ginza uh, he when he was open the bar, he asked me to work for him. How did you meet him? Uh, we were uh, working at the same town, and um, there is uh, activities and recreations and stuff in the bartender association. We both joined the bartender association, and I thought he is the one I should follow. So mm-hmm. when I have a cocktail competition and something like this, I always go to him. They ask him to train. So I knew him long time. But he was working for someone else. I was working for someone else. But when he opened his own place, he asked me to come. Uh, so I changed the bar about 10 years later. And start, you know, it's like 180 degrees different type of bar. Uh-huh. It's both alcohol business. Uh-huh. But the bottle service and cocktail bar is a very different bars. Um... So, I start as a cocktail-making bartender. Um, after 10 years, I become a bartender. And uh, one day, I realized uh, there was no end to making cocktails. And right now, I pour all ingredients in shaker. I taste it, make sure this is well-balanced. But the, my balance and your balance is not exactly always the same. Mm-hmm. So after we serve the drink, we always ask a customer, how's the drink? Is that a good? You like it? So I was doing the same thing 20 years ago, 10 years ago, right now. Most probably I'm doing to next 10 years, next 20 years. Up. So there's no end. So um, when I found out what is a bartending is, ah, okay. Bartending, I got 100%. Nothing to learn. I opened my coffee shop. It was my dream, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, there was no end. I don't like to uh, give up my own career on the way. So uh, I gave up to open my coffee shop and open my own bar now. Okay. So 
how many years ago was it that you started to work with uh, Mr. Kishi? It was December year 2000. Okay, mm. so a long time ago. Mm. I worked for him uh, as about eight and a half, nine years. Then I opened my own bar January 4th, Independent Day, mm-hmm. in 2008. What did you see in uh, Kishi? What was it that you visualized as a mentor in him? What was mm. you made you think... This uh, is the guy I want to work with. I like him as a person before the good bartender. As you know, if you're in industry many years, you can see a lot of egos, enviness. There is a lot of bullshit under, under, not behind. Mm-hmm. I, I really don't like it. We are bartenders, you know. You don't need the politics, you know. We're serving a good cocktails and make customer happy. And we share the knowledge. I don't think anything political things we need, but there's a lot, there's a lot of behind. I, I really don't like. I don't like that the bartender wants to, you know, like self showing, uh, me, 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 my cocktail, my cocktail, my cocktail. I don't like it, uh, because even if you proud of your cocktail, if you, the customer doesn't like it, it doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Mm. Agreed. Mm. So uh, I'm working for the customer, not for myself. So even if I introduce and I want the house special, it's the same as uh, I ask uh, if they like it or not. So when uh, you moved uh, to work with Kishi, that was the first time you worked in a cocktail cocktail bar, right? That's right. What were the challenges that you had at the beginning of your experience there? I was... Uh, Working at Bottle Service Bar was a membership bar. Mm-hmm. So I always see the same face every day. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but the cocktail, well, he was very, very famous. He became a IBA World Cocktail Champion. So people was expecting when he was going to open his own mm-hmm. place. But the years and years, he was still working for someone else. And finally... He opened his own place. So when he opened the place, so many people just come. Oh, yeah? yeah. So many people every night. So uh, it's 10 for the bar, 10 for the table. So it's about the 20 seats bar. But uh, Mr. Kishian and I was the only bartender uh, we walk. So two persons walking. It was Almost impossible to run by two bartenders in the place every day. So busy. And it was Starbar as as it moved, or is always being in the same location. Mm, it's it's located to the original place. Mm-hmm. Uh, he now has a few the other places, uh, but the original Starbar is located the same place. And in terms of cocktails, when you moved there, because you mentioned that in the private members club, maybe you weren't making as many cocktails. When you moved to Kishi's bar, did you have to learn a lot about cocktails? Or When I was working in the 20s, basically the customer drinking their own whiskey. So I didn't have much chance to make a cocktails at all. Mm-hmm. But uh, I joined the cocktail competition and some uh, customer expect me to make any every, everything. I, so I put some uh, liqueurs and spirits and prepared that uh, I, I can make. But uh, I didn't make a pretty much cocktail at all. But um, when I moved to the Starbar, whoa, we have a 
plenty number of whiskey as well, but uh, no one drinks. Uh, it's just cocktails cocktail, and cocktails. Cocktail, cocktail, cocktails. Uh, so you had to learn the hard way, I guess. I could say I learn how to make the cocktails and the way of making cocktails, the philosophy of making cocktails. I learned everything from the star bar from Mr. Kishi. When I visited Starbar, one of the things that I found amazing was that Mr. Kishi uses different temperature spirits for different right, cocktails right, and things like right. this, which is almost unheard of. Mm. So did you learn from him more of techniques like how does this is supposed to taste and how do you achieve it? Or was it more you were following Kishi's recipes? So was he trying to teach you more of the thought process or more about the actual techniques? Uh, when I was working there, of course, uh, we looking for the same result. The final cocktail should be more or less same directions um, we are all looking for. But right now, it's been more than 10 years we separated. Mm-hmm. I believe he changed some cocktails and I believe I changed some cocktails a way to make it. And we don't talk about those things anymore together. <laughs> Why would you write? <laughs> so I don't know what's going on in Starbar right now. I don't really talk about how to make a cocktails or to Mr. Kishi. I, I, I meet him very often. Um, but uh, we don't really talk about those kind of... Why would you write? <laughs> and what made you decide I'm ready to open my bar? Oh, see... Um, I'm a, I was a, uh, one of the very few bartenders who doesn't really want to open my own place. Mm-hmm. Uh, Japan, most of the Japanese bartenders, even if it's a very, very small place, they want to become a bar owner to open their own place. Mm-hmm. But I was very happy to working for Mr. Kishi at the Star Bar, how this bartender is going to be uh, 20 years, 30 years later. So uh, I wasn't really gonna leave but at the same time i had a family as well mm-hmm. and uh, i guess he doesn't want to take care of my rest of uh, you know the rest of my life if i don't leave he has to take care of, uh, of my family as well you know um salaries and everything so um and at the same time i start going back and forth so internationally traveling and the very first year uh we counted how many days I was away uh, from uh, Starbucks. It was like totally one month I was away. It was a paid day off. And we all agree that is too much. Too yeah. much, okay. Mm. So the only way I can take care of my own family and uh, away from my own place is to open your own bar. My own bar. One of the great things that you embody is that you are the ultimate Japanese bartender, but you're also accessible to the international market because you speak English so well. Uh, oh, thank you. <laughs> Where did you learn? Like, How did come you speak English so well? Well, uh, I was one of the very few bartenders at the back in uh, 30 years ago. I went to university. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of bartenders, maybe after high school, start working. Mm-hmm. But I went to university, and there is an exchange program to a sister city in the U- USA. So I went to exchange okay. a student to uh, Washington State, West Coast. Ah, okay. Mm-hmm. That's a beautiful part of the world. Yeah, it? it's a very countryside. Uh, which city were you? Um, there is a second biggest city in Washington State after Seattle. It's called Spokane. 
Okay. Uh, not much people know that the second biggest city is. It's also outside of Spokane, it's called town, very small town called the Chini, the where uh, the Western, uh, no, Eastern Washington University was. How much time did you spend in the U.S.? Uh, only two semesters, exchange program. So I could, I have, to, I had to. Uh, I'm not from rich family, so I had to graduate in four years. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so only two semesters. Oh, but that's a very cool experience, huh? Mm, it was. Uh, I was uh, very busy to go to class. I failed most of the unit, but uh, I had a very good experience. <laughs> <laughs> good job. <laughs> do you still like coffee? I do. Uh, um, I was very serious when I was young to making coffee, but uh, now um, for coffee, I'm very easy. Now I'm more, more serious to making cocktails. You know? Okay, you're more relaxed <laughs> about coffee. That's good. So... Fast forward 10 years, uh, you have the conversation with Mr. Kishi, you decide to open your own bar. Mm. How did you go about it? Like, how difficult was it for you to find a location and um, Yes, to find the ideal location is quite difficult, and even it's uh, F&B town. But uh, uh, 10 years ago, I wasn't really, I wasn't looking to open my own bar a long time, so I didn't really save any money or anything. So I I made a loan from Mr. Kishi and uh, government and everything. Uh, we changed the location about the three and a half years ago. Yeah. Uh, but the first, uh, the high five was very, very small. It's. Uh, I, I remember I was there. You uh, served me, actually. Yeah. Thank you so yeah. much. <laughs> <laughs> um, fourth floor, the building. We share the floor with the others. Uh, toilet was also sharing it was an ideal location mm-hmm. but uh that was all i could uh, 10 years ago so uh um i i w- i wasn't going to finish my whole career there i wanted to move so you wanted to find a new location which yes. suited you better yeah yes. well your new location is beautiful I, so i've much. seen pictures i've not been Thank so, you so much. Yeah, there's direct fire from singapore when ah. you in uh, when you're in asia it's much easier exactly i'll do, I'll, I'll have to visit now that i'm here <laughs> So, how did you go about hiring people? Because your head bartender, she's a woman, right? Yes, yeah. exactly. So, when did you get in contact with her? Because she's extremely hardworking, isn't she? She so. is. Uh, she's working for me now more than 80 years. Uh, so, the high five history is almost her history as well. Mm-hmm. I didn't really look for the bartender at the moment. But uh, one of the former bartenders was about the leaving, and she happened to come to my bar okay. and uh, told me that uh, she was looking for the job in Ginza. And uh, it, was, it was very right timing. Nowadays, it's very, very difficult to find a new generation because uh, the population of the younger generation in Japan is less and less and less. And all people doesn't passed away mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> so we have to help the older generation the the parents has to you know raising kids is very expensive in japan mm-hmm. parents have to work uh, maybe one kid zero kid there are much parents carry three kids four kids like old back days mm-hmm. uh, so there's a very small amount of uh, younger generation and uh, you know good industry take a good person first so uh, it's 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 been maybe 10 20 years of very difficult to find a good uh person in the F&B now yeah so uh i always need a hand 
Yeah. <laughs> so one of the things that is quite striking about your bar is the fact that I've visited a lot of bars in Japan, but yours was the only bar where I saw foreigners working, non-Japanese people. Right. So is this generation issue that you have one of the main reasons why you hire people from abroad or um, is it more for uh, exchange programs those guys are mainly you saw was interns okay. uh, not really workers mm-hmm. uh, employees because you can't get a visa as a bartender you can't get a working visa as a bartender in japan is at zero percent Okay. Mm, so you can't get There's a zero chance of getting yeah, a visa. Zero chance to get a working visa as a bartender. You know, when you work for a hotel, there's a different way. You doesn't need to be a, a as a bartender to get a visa. But um, for for me, a lot of uh, international uh, passionate young bartenders work uh, once work for me. But uh, mainly they come for interns in the short term. Uh, it depends, you know, from few days to few months. I have now company room okay. that I can put the interns. Oh, uh, so you know the accommodation, uh, one month, two months, three months is is so expensive. Mm-hmm. So I give them food them two times a day before work and after work, and I give the accommodation. So uh, it, it, once they can fly, they don't really need much money anymore. Okay, because mm. you th- that's a very that's a very cool thing. Mm. You you travel quite a bit. Has traveling changed the way you approach cocktails or you approach your guests? Um, to be honest, I don't go overseas for looking for something new, something different. I go overseas to share the, what I got. Uh, I'm giving away what I already have. Okay. And I don't drink alcohol, so I don't really do cocktail mm-hmm. bars and anything. Um, even if I... And sometimes sponsor wants me to take the round, you know, uh, the bartender is waiting for you. Let's go to this place, that place. I go sometimes, but uh, even if I go really super... A famous cocktail bar, I take a beer or... <laughs> okay, so you have a very more relaxed approach to... Whiskey and water or something like this. Um, so uh, I guess so many international customers in my place as well, not even employee, uh, interns. Uh, I try to stay in local, uh, classic old school Japanese style, mm-hmm. which is quite different than the other countries to make my customers a unusual experience. So if I go overseas, I change my way to cocktail making. Um, the car, Those customers see those styles all the time at uh, back, they, in, uh, back okay. in the country. Mm-hmm. So I try to keep in a very traditional Japanese style. That's very interesting. One of the great things that we, I think every bartender in the world has seen is like your ice carving videos on all YouTube, right? right? <laughs> How long did it take you to practice ice carving to the level that you have right. achieved? Um, we have about uh, 40, 50 years of, uh, years of history for making ice balls, uh, round ice. Mm-hmm. But I'm pretty much known uh, by carving diamond, uh, which we invented when I was working at the star bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Kishi was looking at the empty glassware 
he wants to do something different shape and uh, we're talking about like a diamond shape and i just showing to some carving mm-hmm. and show him uh, is this like this way you're thinking and uh, oh yes yeah, so something like this and uh, of course it takes a little while to fit the glassware mm-hmm. but uh, all on the rock cocktail was a diamond little while in the star bar uh-huh. so i have to carve i had to carve like a 40 50 diamond every day okay <laughs> my hands are shaking it was super cold <laughs> no? frozen fingers it takes hours and hours of just carving guys in, in in before business hours one of the things that i found very difficult about ice carving more than the ice carving itself is the actual keeping the knives sharpened uh, um, is this it, something you invest a lot of time in? Uh, that's, it doesn't need to be super duper sharp. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you're cutting uh, vegetables and fruits and anything, but uh, you just need to handle the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, at some degrees, you can carve the, uh, easily. Mm-hmm. If it's a super cold uh, frozen ice and you know, just from the freezer, it's very cold, like minus 20, minus 25, it's very hard. So I leave it in room temperature a little while to make it like maybe minus four or five. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's uh, softer and uh, it's easier to carve. Mm-hmm. So temperature is more important than sharpness. Talking about shaking, which is uh, such a signature of every bartender, how did you come up about your shaking technique? What kind of exercise did you do to develop it the way that you developed it? Mm, um, when I used to work at a star bar, we had uh, maybe five, six, seven different ki- type of shaking for a daily work. Usually, bartender has their own style and are making different drinks. But uh, we changed the style. What, what, what cocktail were you making? So, uh, uh, white spirits, brown spirits, creamy cocktail, fruity cocktail. We changed the uh, uh, shaker. We changed the ice. We changed the material of shakers and everything. Which is very un- was very unusual. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still believe the one type of shaking doesn't cover everything, mm-hmm. every cocktail. So we changed quite a uh, a big different and shaking style in each cocktails. So and how do you develop them? Is it more trial and error, or um, I had to try sometimes. And you know, the Stava was a very famous place, so there was uh, always uh, media interviews and stuff. And the master bartender has to make a drink, and they come back in the in the shink, mm-hmm. and we taste it. And I sometimes making drinks, and they come back and taste it. And Mr. Kishan and I don't really drink cocktails at all. Okay. Um, so uh, we we don't really taste our own cocktail in daily at all. But sometimes. Okay. Very sometimes <laughs> taste the own cocktail. Oh, oh gosh. Then I realize I, I should do more this, more that. Okay. Mm. And uh, we always try by customers. Uh, to see how they react. <laughs> ah, that's a cool one. <laughs> when it comes to glassware, do you, where do you source your glasses from? Is it mostly Japan? or uh, Mostly local, yes. Glassware in Japan is very gentle, mm-hmm. very super thin. It's it's very uh, comfortable when you touch touch the glass. Right? Mm-hmm. You travel a lot. What, what's your favorite country that you visited? The one that impressed <laughs> you the most? Well, um, I 
I, I do Taiwan quite a lot. Okay. Mm, uh, just because I have some uh, work and seven times, six, seven times a year. It's, uh, That's quite a lot. Mm, eh? So uh, I do Taiwan. Uh, I like Taiwan. I call it second home. I saw that, yeah. <laughs> For the Japanese, Taiwan is very comfortable. A lot of the Japanese product and shops and okay. everything. And the Taiwanese, uh, Taiwanese people like Japanese and... Have you ever thought about opening another bar? Um, the answer is no. I consulted the hotel bar in Taiwan. They wanted to name my bar, the High Five Taipei. Mm-hmm. And I said no. Uh, I have a, a bar I produce in Hong Kong. They wanted to name it High Five Hong Kong, but I said no. Just because uh, if I name my own bar in overseas, it's going to be very huge responsibility of, out of it. But I won't be there all the time. Um, I only have one body, so I believe I believe I should have only one place, even mm-hmm. in a town. Because if I have a uh, three bars and five bars in Ginza, my regulars uh, wonder which one I would be mm-hmm. every night. But if I have only one, they don't they don't even think about it. Just come to my bar. Mm-hmm to see me so it's very easy and i'm not good enough to manage three bars and five bars and so but that's a very humble approach you know a lot of people open a lot of bars because more bars more money right, right so right, right. i think it's a very humble approach you know yeah, it's very customer focused uh, uh, you know it's all about the software bartender you know mm-hmm. it's it's very difficult to run even one bar with a great staff if I have a five, I have to correct the five times bartender. So it's really difficult nowadays. How did you come up with the name High Five? Ah, I, uh, I told you when I used to live in the States. Uh-huh. Um, I was a student, you know, easygoing. And something, ha- something good happened. We always high five. I didn't want to name after my name. It's very mm-hmm. common in Japan. It is. Uh-huh. Uh, but Ueno or something like this. Oh, no, no, I don't like it. I didn't want to name after product, Bataliska. Mm-hmm. No, oh no. I didn't want to name after the, some kind of place, like a bar Tokyo. Mm-hmm. No, no, I don't like it. So I was thinking of the, what is something express how the bar should be. The bar in Japan is very formal. Uh-huh. Mm, they're polite, but it's, it's not really fun, you know? If you know five years, ten years, of course, of course, you get know each other more. It's more fun. But uh, I know a lot of bartenders in town. If I go, I'm getting senior. So uh-huh. young bartenders <laughs> get the tense and stress and very formal, stress standing in front of me and try to, you know, to treat me. But I... No, no, no. I, I'm bar- I'm not really customer. You just go to customer, take care of a customer. But uh, I'm a senior, so they try not to go away. So, okay. Um. So I, I don't like it. So, <laughs> so I don't want to make them stress, you know. And mainly, buying Japan when I visit, it's not fun. I, I don't, I don't feel warm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, they're polite, but uh, it's like a cabin attendant. Okay, you know, no, <laughs> it's okay, Japanese of course, of course. airlines. They're polite, but I don't, I don't see their heart. 
Mm, so I want to make my bar a warmer, fun. So when you have something good things happen, you high five, you know. So I thought it was a good name. That's a very cool name. I、mm. never thought about that like that way.、Mm, thank you. How often do you change、uh, the menu if you change the menu at all? <laughs> I don't have a menu. You don't have a menu.、Mm, so there's nothing I can change. <laughs> that's, a, that's a cool approach, though. <laughs>、uh, so、yeah. a, a customer walks in and you just ask them what they want.、Um, a local Japanese customer is very conservative for drinking.、Uh, they know what they want to drink from the beginning to the end. They know what they want to drink next and last. And if I have a menu in my town, Ginza, people looking down on me because ah, you have a menu because you can't talk to the customer. Ah,、Something、so they they see it as a way that to narrow down.、Mm. Uh. You know, if I have a menu, people choose from menu, of course,、mm-hmm. and it's going to be a very limited、uh, flavors and taste, and they might doesn't they might not like the flavor in in the cocktail. But if I I can't write down everything, it's going to be book nowadays. A menu like a book, you know, everywhere in the world. Yeah, yeah.、Mm, so I I I really don't like it.、Uh, menu should be very simple. But if I if I could something really nice and simple, I I want to make a menu because it's、uh, it's going to be very nice souvenir for bartenders and industry peoples and stuff. But、uh, yeah, still I cannot find it. Don't you find it difficult to be prepared? Because like your first bar was very small,、mm. and without a menu, a person could order anything.、Mm-hmm. So didn't you find it difficult to be、yeah. ready for anything?、Um, like, is there any situation where it's like, damn, I have to get more limes and <laughs> run outside your limes?、Um, I when I moved, I wasn't really look for the, a larger space, but、uh, it's an、uh, independent floor. I have now independent toilet. It took me seven and a half years, but、uh, I have my toilet. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> but、uh, it got the twice big. I didn't put the twice number of the seat, but I still got many more seat than before. So I need a proper person who take order now. So、mm-hmm. I need a proper team. Okay.、Uh, all back、uh, high five me and Kaori san head bartender. And plus, maybe intern sometimes. No, it's it was enough.、Mm-hmm. But、uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Your previous bar was very small. Like you had like you had one what one two tables or something like that. Um, five yeah, stools at the bar. Two, two, and, two and a half maybe. Yeah. yeah, two and a half tables. <laughs> and how about now? How many tables do you have?、Uh, I have uh, I the number of、uh, table actually the same five, but the table on the. Back、uh, all 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 location was very small. Yes, it was so, super small.、Uh, mm-hmm. One table very small.、Uh, so I put two together for even two person. <laughs> so <laughs> now I have、uh, one table you can put sit for two, two person. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> so、uh, the same number of the table, but、uh, actually we welcome more more customers now. When you decided how your、uh, new bar high five. Had to look. Where did you f- so like? Did you source wood from specific places or? Um, it was、uh, happened to find、uh, the location.、Mm-hmm. It used to be a a bar as well, 
Okay. I turned on everything, I built up everything again, but uh, nothing, nothing really old place you can see. But uh, there is a common customer. Mm-hmm. He one day come to my bar and told me that place is going to turn down. Really? He also told me which royal estate. So I I could apply before they announce. Ah, mm. there you go. Mm. So uh, I was the very first person who asked the location. Um, it was very coincidence. I mean, I, I had a lucky enough to have uh, the customer who goes both bars. So you were lucky hiring your head bartender. You were lucky finding your bar. It's yeah, all about luck sometimes. Yeah, so it's, 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 it's timing. Timing, yeah. Mm. Well, you have to be ready to be lucky, right? Because it's a combination of opportunity and preparation, right? So right. if you're not prepared, mm. it's just about catching the right opportunity. Right. So in terms of, uh, you mentioned that you don't drink uh, a lot anymore, alcohol. Uh, I taste it. I taste it. Mm. But how about coffee? Do you all have coffee in your bar? Is this something that you like um, doing still? We don't have a coffee in my Zero bar. Zero coffee. <laughs> <laughs> so no more uh, $5 cup people sitting for two hours. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> In a small bar, I, I used to have a, a little espresso machine uh-huh. for uh, for the coffee cocktails. Uh-huh. But uh, when I when I moved, I, I forgot about it. So I oh really? <laughs> so I, there's no place I can put. So um, it's too late. <laughs> Sorry, you missed your opportunity. <laughs> have you ever thought about serving f- a food? Because you serve a little bit of food in Starbar, do you? Us. They had like had the cheese there when I was there, oh, you know, like yeah, the cheese flour yeah, thing, yeah, 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 which was amazing. Do you uh, do something like that in your um, uh, We have uh, a hamon, okay, uh, made in Japan. Hamon. Oh, really? Mm, hamon japonica. Okay, <laughs> that's cool. Mm, I didn't uh, know that. We go up north in the winter time uh, okay. to put the salt on it and wait for two years and three years. And then you bring the ham back to the bar. That's very cool. Great. So I think uh, it's nice talking to you. You have a flight to catch. So I think we'll try to keep it uh, relatively short. Okay. But uh, I have one uh, last question for you, yes. which is a question we ask to everybody. I know that you don't drink that much, but if you were to choose uh, your very last drink, what uh, would your last drink be? I like, I like, this, uh, I like this question. Um, as you can see me, I, I like sweet stuff. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, I choose for my last drink for my life is going to be a Pedro Jimenez sherry. Oh, that's, that doesn't get sweeter than that. Eh? Mm. <laughs> it's very complex, deep flavor, sweet. Even with Pedro Jimenez, I don't drink it usually in usual in the daily life at all. But uh, yeah, the last last glass should be a Pedro Jimenez. That's fantastic. Thank you so much for <laughs> finding so time for much. us, Bueno. Thank you. And have a safe flight. Hopefully, the plane is not late this time. Oh, I, I hope so, too. <laughs> yeah, everyone on Facebook knows when your planes are late, <laughs> by the way. Maybe. Shidetsu Gueno is around. My flight is today. Canceled. No! <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much. We hope you enjoyed our interview with Hidetsu Gueno. You can find more content from us on YouTube and Instagram where we post our hashtag Classic Tuesday videos where every Tuesday we show you how to make classic cocktails in less than a minute. We are unjiggered underscore media on Instagram and you can follow our accounts at mmariotti89 for Michele, Alex J. Murphy for myself and Adrian Bessa for Adrian. Thank you for listening.